I'm Sam C. Perry, and you're listening to the Living in Style Podcast. In the season one finale of Living in Style, I'm talking to motivational coach, speaker, and healer Amber Janae. Since the launch of her site, AmberJanae.com, in 2012, she has published three books, launched a digital magazine, and has held down a nine-to-five as a marketing and communication specialist. She is an advocate for self-care and personal development, and as she went through her own healing, she used that message to inspire others to love themselves. Amber has been a huge source of inspiration for me. Her support and encouragement via Twitter has pushed me to create more intentional content and has shown me that your story can be your message. In this new episode, I find out how self-care and personal development has impacted her life, how she created a well-recognized self-care blog, and the launch of The Core magazine. This is Living in Style with Amber Janae. So congratulations on your six years. I feel that you are celebrating your anniversary today. Thank you. I feel like it just flew by. Like... I didn't even realize it until I got the notification, and I'm like, wow, this is really happening. So Time was by so that. fast. Yes, especially, like, when you're just going and going and, like, just focused on creating more stuff. It's just kind of like you don't even remember when you started. How did you get into content creation? It's just been something that's been, like, supernatural for me. Um, I started as a kid. I remember – just always like drawing and sketching and just all of that. And initially I wanted to go to school for fashion design. Um, uh-huh. But when that didn't pan out, I started to go to school for business. And I'm like, I don't want to do this either. So I was <laughs> at college and I just started investing like all of my time into building my blog and building my brand. And before you know it, the work that I put into um, my blog had actually started presenting me with all these different opportunities. And my blog was actually one of the many ways that I started to get jobs and different projects with different clients. So it's it's been a journey, but it's just something that came naturally and it just all started to fall in place once I put my effort into it. When you first started, was it always about, you know, personal health and healing and all of that, or was it fashion-based? Um, it was definitely always about personal health, from from mm-hmm. mental health to emotional wellness. Um, it's always just been – sometimes I go back and I read old blog posts and I cringe because I'm like, I haven't edited <laughs> this. It's so bad. But it's always been based on – giving advice and and helping people heal. Um, in the beginning it was just like I wouldn't get too personal. I would I always had a limit, like I'm not gonna share this. And at one point Mashonda Swiss ex wife was going to start a spin off blog off of uh Russell Simmons Global Grind and mm-hmm. she was looking for writers. Of course, this, I don't think this blog ever launched, but at the time when the plan was for it to launch, she was looking for writers. And the topics, I forget the topics, but they were very personal. And um, I submitted my content, and they actually were like, okay, well, we love this, and we want you to be one of our writers. Of course, it never happened, but I felt like 
all of that happened as that push for me to mm-hmm. to push the bar and expand beyond just you know the basics and really putting that all in into the work and really being open and honest about the things that I've been through because before I had limits but after that it was just like all right there's no limits to this if you're going to help people you're going to be truly open but how do you find that courage though because I, I struggle still so much with being personal on the blog it's like I pull myself back so many times I write it out and then I'm like wait I can't share that so how did you exactly. find that courage um it's really hard like you it's Almost as if in the beginning, each time I had to prep myself for that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's okay if you talk about this. It's okay if you say this. Um, really not being comfortable with myself really helps. Um, knowing that everything that I've been through is an extension of me, but it doesn't make me who I am. And I think most one of my biggest fears was, you know, worrying about people judging me or mm-hmm. um, people from, you know, people I used to go to school with reading it and, and seeing it. And so I think it for the biggest thing for me was not real, not expecting or not needing validation from people, not feeling like if I put this out, then I need to see, I need for people to see me in a certain light. Or I need for them to not know everything that I've been through. Just trusting me being able to be vulnerable and knowing that regardless of how it's you, who views it and reads it, it's going to help mm-hmm. somebody. So Yeah, it was like all, it was all based in intention. Exactly. Exactly. Just being very intentional about what I write and not having not worrying, not having a fear about what people say or what they think. Because I think for the most part, even if we realize it or not, a lot of us hold back that aspect of ourselves because subconsciously we fear of being judged or we fear people Mm -hmm. seeing us outside of who we portray ourselves to be. And a lot of times we are authentically being ourselves, but there's so many layers of who to who we all are as a person. And once you start pulling back those layers for people to see, it can be very intimidating and fearful. So you just have to be really open to knowing that, you know, if you're going to be a voice that supports or a voice that stands for helping other people, you have Mm -hmm. to be willing to pull back those layers without fear. Do you think because we're in such a crazy social media age right now and everything is so perfectly curated and themes and all of that, do you think it has made people less likely to be authentic and just to be very curated and calculated with what they post? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have this idea like I want life to be perfect. And or I want people to see me as perfect, someone without problems, and I think that's completely unrealistic um, because you wonder, you know, what do you do? What happens when you have no choice but to vocalize your struggles and to vocalize your pain? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people, and I mean, a lot of people may not agree, but for me, I feel like if you're 
creating this image online that, you know, nothing ever goes wrong, life is completely perfect, you're not authentically being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge problem. Like, even if, you know, you experience something in three to six months down the line, once you've overcome that issue, you speak about it and you talk about it. I mean, I still feel like, you know, that's being your your authentic self, showing that, you know, life isn't always perfect. But I think there's a lot of pressure for people to always appear perfect, always appear as if they have it together. And I, that's, it's unrealistic. It's crazy. We all go through issues. We all have, you know, our bad days. Nobody's life is a perfectly curated Instagram story. It's just not realistic. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's important to show every aspect. Um, like as today, for example, I mean, I'm usually just super positive and super upbeat, and I finally, like, tweeted, like, for the past couple months, I've been, you know, battling kidney issues. And this is oh, something wow. that Sorry I Sorry to hear that. No, it's fine. I'm totally, <laughs> totally okay at this point. Nothing serious. Mm-hmm. But um, to be able to vocalize that and talk about that, like it may have appeared that I'm okay. But for the most part, I think I held it in because, one, you don't want people to freak out. And two, mm-hmm. you don't want the more people know and the more they're sympathetic towards you and things like that you start to, your mind starts to play tricks when you feel like you're dying. And so I wanted to (laughs) avoid all of that. But it's just like, you know, being honest, like these past couple months have been critical and and they've been a huge fear, but it's like you overcome it and then you can talk about it. And then, you know, me sharing that and being open about that could at some point help someone else down the line because I vocalized it and they saw that I've gone through it and mm-hmm. hopefully someone will be able to reach out to me at some point and ask how I dealt with it. Talk to me about finding your voice because I think it's very different. I've been I've been hearing stories about, you know, finding your voice as a creator and more so on the fashion um, end, but on a personal healing and inspirational um, process, I think it's very different in finding your voice. How are you able to find yours? Many ways, but there's so many things that come into play. But I feel like the real reason was um, being able to just be still, being able mm-hmm. to sit with myself and be honest with myself and be honest with who I am and and learn myself inside and out. I think that when you begin any creative journey, you're inspired by other people. And as you mm-hmm. carry on, you kind of pick pick and pull different aspects from other people's crafts. And before you know it, you're carrying on and you're like, is this me? Is this not me? And I think mm-hmm. that definitely I went through that in the very beginning with starting my blog and everything. And it was really important for me to take a step back and sit down like, this isn't true. Like, this isn't who you are. But during that process, I realized with me not being authentic in my work, I had to ask myself, were there other aspects in my life where I'm not being authentic? And Mm -hmm. it turns out that it was. So working through all of that and understanding that although 
this is something that I'm that's true to me and that I'm passionate about. I wasn't 100% being myself. And when I tapped into who I truly was and wasn't afraid of that person, that's how I was able to share my voice and and come from a place of authenticity through my work and everything that I create. And now I can create something and put it out into the world and know that it was 100% truly of me and who I authentically am because I know and I understand this woman now. How do you think people can find out who they're, who they are and, and be authentic and be okay with standing in that? Because I see so many people, especially older adults, that they're just now discovering who they are in their 50s, 60s. How can we as a younger generation become authentic much earlier? I would say be open to it. I think I, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I feel like it, it could be something that a lot of us deal with. I think a lot of us are just afraid. We're afraid to take things head on, especially when it has to do with dealing with ourselves. Um, dealing with the past and mm-hmm. accepting all of these situations. Like, we're afraid to take all of this head on. And a lot of us are masking things and masking our pain. And I think when we truly learn to accept that it's okay to have experienced so many things, it's okay to have dealt with all these things, um, and it's okay to want to discover who you are and come into your own um then we we begin that process of Mm -hmm. figuring out our true selves and figuring out who we are. I think it's really important also to want to walk in your truth. I think so many of us are tied to the idea that we have to appear to be something else to be liked or accepted, and we have to let go of that, that need for validation because if not, then, like you said, we don't discover who we truly are until we were 50 and 60 years old because we spent the vast majority of our lives trying to please people and mm-hmm. appear to be someone or something that we're absolutely not. I think you hit on a, a good point where it's like we go so far in our lives hanging on to the past and what was, and I think it's important for us to forgive ourselves and also forgive the past. Absolutely, absolutely. I tell everybody, and this was like my biggest lesson, whether it's a client or a friend, I tell everybody, your past experiences are just to build you up to this point. So whatever point you're or whoever you're supposed to be, it's, 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 it's a confidence builder, it's a strength builder. And accepting your past experiences and learning from them and growing from them is the the true way to get to who you who you're meant to be in life, and I always try to instill in people life is absolutely happening, but it's happening for you. It's not happening to you, and I think that when we accept that, then it opens up so much doors. It opens up growth and possibilities, um, and to not be stuck in the past, to not be stuck in this aspect that I have to harbor on hate and unforgiveness because in reality, I mean, it, it does it does nothing for the person that we hate, but it's torturing ourselves 
that quote right there, that's something I, I wrote that down really quick as soon as you said it because that's true. <laughs> Life is, is happening for us. It, and exactly. I think we have to live in that and realize, like, we only get one life and we have to we have to enjoy it while we have it. And I think so many of us, myself included, I, I'm a self-sabotager. I will talk myself out of something before it even happens. And I think yes. so many of us do that. Definitely. And we have to learn that it's all about changing your thought process. And I, I don't think a lot of people believe or could believe how negative my mind was at one point in my life. Like, no, not one thought was ever positive because I was so attached to this idea that because of what I've been through, then everything is expected to go wrong. And essentially, when you live with that mindset, that's what you're attracting into your life. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of identifying when negative things come to play or come to surface and how to immediately transmute those thoughts into something positive and not hanging on to them because it's not your life. Of course, we're all going to have our doubts and our fears, but not letting those things become us are really, really important. You're hitting on so many things, that so many different directions (laughs) that I want to go towards. But, But I think it's important because overall, I don't think as children and young adults that we're taught the importance of mental health, especially in the black community. I think mental health is still something that is not talked about enough. I think so many of us are suffering. and I think so many men are suffering and not talking about it. What is your take on that? My take on it is, is I absolutely agree that it's, it's not a topic of discussion um, often not just in our homes and amongst ourselves, but throughout our community. Um, I think my biggest thing is I just try to be, I try to be a voice and, and I try to be an example. I think now it's becoming more common for us to talk about things, more common for us to have those conversations of when we're in pain and when we're struggling. And it's also becoming more common for us to um, seek out therapy and get professional help. Um, And these are things that weren't common to us. Like growing up in a black household, uh, you were told, like, go to church, pray about it, Um, (laughs) talk to an elder. You know, these are the things that we're taught. And we're taught, like, no, you don't see a therapist or, you know, that's bad. Um, And now these are things that we're vocalizing and we're realizing, like, if I need the help, I'm going to seek it. I'm I'm going to reach out. I'm going to be vocal about it. Utilizing our resources are really important. Um, a lot of us can can teach from personal experiences. Even myself dealing with mental health issues, I can speak from a personal experience. But it's really important for us to seek licensed professionals if we feel like you know we're going through things that. Um, that are too much for us. Dealing with our trauma is so important. And I think talking about it amongst each other and having these open conversations and also creating platforms that celebrate, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with our issues and healing and letting people know that it's okay. Because I think the more that we see it, the more it's exposed to us and it's in our faces, then the more we feel comfortable with saying, I'm not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. You know, growing up for me, 
I never really understood what therapy was. I always thought it was just something that you had to be extremely mental ill to go go to. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I became an adult later on in my life, in, in my late 20s, where I was going through some, some things and I was like, I need to talk to somebody. Like, I can't talk to family. I can't talk to friends. Like, I really need to see somebody. And I went to therapy for two and a half years, and it completely changed my life. Exactly. And it's just like, sometimes it's something that just clicks within yourself. Mm -hmm. And you realize, like, okay, if it's not, if it's not going to be a family member or a friend, it's going to be somebody. For me, it actually took, um, I was in a very, very dark period um, for a lot of the earlier years of my life, and I think I was around 24 when this happened, but I went to go see my doctor, and it was just like a normal checkup for something completely different. And to have someone who I see, I don't know, only a, a few times a year look at me mm-hmm. and know that I was not okay, and she just she handed me a list a therapist, a local therapist, and and says, like, you're not okay and you need to get this checked out. I think I've even written about this story. But um, it, it for me, it was just like I was just living with it and I was accepting it because it had become a part of me for so long. And sometimes you, you, you're, it's a blessing in disguise yes. to mm-hmm. have someone pointed out and noticed it within you. And this is why it's so important for us to, even if we're not dealing with depression or mental health issues, to be aware and notice triggers, to be informed, know when people are experiencing certain things or reacting a certain way, paying attention to people's behavioral patterns and the way they speak and talk online. All of that is important. Because that awareness can oftentimes help you save someone's life. Because the signs are usually there. People are usually giving little clues and little messages through, you know, their actions and through their words that they need help, but they're they're too scared to ask for the help or too scared to seek the help. Absolutely, definitely. And we see it online all the time. We mm-hmm. we see people who make comments and say certain things. Um, and it's, it's really important for us. To, to have our eyes open and to be aware and not, not just focusing on ourselves and when we're struggling, but being able to notice and identify when other people are not at their best. If someone it, it doesn't have the means to seek therapy or, you know, even if they did go to therapy and they're still just struggling in their day-to-day life, what are some steps they can use to continue on with their personal health journey and just have an overall better mindset on life? I would say developing a a deeper spiritual connection. Uh, And and we we can't expect for everybody everybody to believe in God. We all have our different beliefs. Um, But I would say that's definitely what crawled me out of that dark space is my faith and my belief um, and being deeply rooted in my spirituality, Um, trusting in the the power of prayer and being able to to really rely on a force 
that I know is there and that I know is is greater than me. And I think a lot of people have that mindset, like, I've been struggling for so long. There's, and they lose faith. They believe, like, mm-hmm. all this pain and all this struggle, there's no such thing as God. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just all those thoughts are really just a pull. It's, it's like a call to bring us back to our true selves. And, and and bring us to realization that there there is a God and that that connection has to grow and, and has to be built in order for us to overcome and achieve our, our difficult periods in our lives and also our relationship with ourselves, not relying on other people, not expecting for people to fill us in in places that, that we neglect or, or we refuse to pay uh, attention to not relying on those outside forces to fill our own void, like really being able to sit with ourselves and and trust our process and, and trust ourselves to be able to guide our, our own self um, out of these dark periods and dark times. It's about finding that spiritual balance between faith and a higher being and then also that spirituality within yourself and getting out of your head and killing all of those negative stories and things like that. Definitely. And it's it's not an easy process. It is not. Like, once you start that process of transforming your mind and your thoughts and the way that you act, it, it takes time. It took me mm-hmm. I can't even lie, it took me years. But the more you invest in it, the better it gets. And we also have to really be mindful of our environment because I feel like it would have taken me a lot. It would have been a lot easier for me in a, in a, a faster process had I been mindful of my surroundings and my environment. Because sometimes we can be on this path of healing and growth and then we stay in these environments that trigger us and bring us back down to these dark places. And that's how it was for me. One moment I was on the path and I was feeling good. And then you go back to an environment that brings you right back down to the place that you were trying to get out of. So that's really mm-hmm. important, too, being mindful of um, who and what we allow to surround us when we're growing and going through this growth process. One thing that I learned from going to therapy is, one, that it's a practice and it's something that you have to literally do every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. And also, you have to protect your energy. You have to. You have to. If anything is around you that's negative and that's still and that keeps pulling you back, like you said, you have to just get rid of it. It's only going to hold you down. Exactly. And I I couldn't couldn't agree more. And even... um, I tell people a lot, like, regardless of where you are in your growth process, um, no matter how high you vibrate, you are going to attract people that are not at the same level that you are spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Mm -hmm. You're going to attract people that are the exact opposite of you. But it's our job to discern, is this person healthy? Are they good for me? And a lot of times, a lot of us, are very sympathetic to other people and we're very compassionate and we don't want to turn the other cheek and we don't want to tell people, look, your energy is bad and I don't need it. That could be very hard for a lot of us, but we have to think about ourselves and put ourselves first 
and realized, like, if I'm going to be my best self and I'm going to be healthy on every level and in every aspect of my life, that involves being cutthroat when it comes to my energy and my time. How have you been able to connect this awakening and this inspirational and personal health to your work? Because I think a lot of people, like we said earlier, they kind of shy away from it. They're, they're scared of it. They're scared of what they might discover about themselves. How have you been able to connect it to the work that you're doing? I feel like it connects it naturally. I, for the most part, I feel like when you tap into who you truly are and you begin this whole healing process, it's like everything just naturally naturally falls into place. There's no disconnect. And then we start to realize that everything in our life has purpose and it has meaning. And a lot of the times, all the dots connect. I remember um, working on uh, the Oprah's Life You Want tour. I, I was the media rep for her tour. And the the advice she gave was, Life is always speaking to you in every period and point in our lives. Everything that we do, everybody that we meet, everything that we touch, is it's a dot. And each period in our life, there's a thread that connects all of these dots. And if we're not paying attention, we don't realize how all of this is forming and creating one big miracle within our lives. And I feel like that when it comes to my work and when it comes to my spiritual practices and when it comes to who I am overall and the people that I engage with, there's no separation. I am everything and and everything is me. And the work that I create is as powerful as it is due to who I am and what I believe in. So so I, I don't I don't think it ever, there was ever a separation at all. It just took me a while to realize what was purposeful, what was meaningful, and what I needed to invest more time in. And I think I, once I got more in tune to who I was, then that's when I started to take on more things and, and do what I was doing and create more intentionally. Now, another quote that you got me with that I'm like, right now, <laughs> I am everything and everything is me because I think that it, that is so powerful that when you realize that every single thing that you encounter and every single thing that you touch, it's a part of who you are and who you're becoming. Exactly. And there's literally, I've lived ever since that weekend with Oprah, I've lived my life every day like there is no separation. Everything is a, a part of you. And Essentially, all these all these things live within us. All these things are a part of us. They've been a part of us. They live within us. But as we grow and evolve, then that's when we start to pursue the things that are our truest selves. Because a lot of times we're just acting on um, things that we think that we should be doing, um, things that look good or whatever feels right. What's most popular? Those are the things we gravitate toward. If everybody's doing this, then I'm going to do this too. But I think when we really sit down and we start to self-reflect and and discover who we truly are, then that's when we start to move toward what lives within us and what's already existing within, within us.
You work a traditional nine to five, right? I do. I do. How have you been able to, one, balance the work that you do with content creation and your job and then also keep that positive mindset with working a nine-to-five that most people hate doing? My balance just comes, I don't know, I'm probably one of the oddballs out of the bunch. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell everybody, like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I could be running my own business, which technically I am now, but I would always want to work, like always have to get up every day and feel like I'm being productive and I'm doing something with my life. And, again, I don't really feel like there's much of a separation, so it's not really hard for me to have that balance because when I get up every morning, I get up and I go to work and I create. It, Of course, it's a different genre still me, my creative juices are flowing. It's still me creating content um, for someone else. So essentially it's just like there's no real separation that I come home and, and, I, and I work. But I, I try to keep that mindset of this is what I need to do. This is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what you're doing, it's all served. A purpose, and I think I started taking on this this mindset at a very young age. I remember I don't I can't tell you what I was watching, but it was that it was a few years ago, and I'm sitting watching, and this guy was telling a story how he had this vision of what he wanted to do with his life, and he was struggling and ended up having to get a job as a plumber. And he's like, God, this is not (laughs) the idea that I had in mind. This is not the plan that I had in mind. But he was like, he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. He knew that it was something that at that time that he was being called to do. And, you know, he just looked at it like regardless of what happened, regardless of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, at some point I'm going to need these tools and these resources. So I'm going to take it on. I'm going to do what I need to do, um, serve my purpose here, and eventually I'm going to get to where I need to be. And, of course, that did happen. He ended up owning his own business. And him taking on that job as a plumber with very little experience, yes, you know, he went into it. It wasn't something that was ideal, but it made him money. He was able to afford to invest in his own business. And if he ever has plumbing issues with his own business, now he has that experience. <laughs> so that's how I look at life, you know. I I mean, I'm blessed that I'm able to do what I love every day. But it's also me learning new things every day. I've learned something new every day, whether it be with my own um, work, my own businesses, clients outside of work or my day job. I'm learning something new every day. And I take it on and I'm passionate about it because I know that these resources and these tools, this is all leading up to something far greater and something big and grand. So I do what I got to do. I need it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's feeding me and it's feeding my purpose. Talking about new and purpose, I mean, the core magazine, you you just launched your first issue, and I feel yeah. like it's the magazine that we've all been waiting for because it's so intentional, and it has so much great content in there. 
What was the reason behind creating that? For one, like, I've always, always had this dream of writing for a major magazine. When I was a kid, my first, of course, the subscription was in my mom's name. (laughs) But my first magazine ever was W Magazine. And I just loved it. It was just so big. The images were just beautiful. Um, And I probably, around the house, like, I probably still have a lot of those issues that way back from the 90s. So I've always wanted to write for a magazine. And I, I always thought that, yeah, I would get a job for a magazine and be writing for them. And then I have been sitting on this idea to start it for at least two years. But I think I was just, like, really afraid to tackle something that big. And I think the biggest push for me was, not feeling creatively fulfilled through my blog anymore. It was just like, you've tapped it out. You've exhausted all the possibilities. It doesn't matter how much you redesign this website, (laughs) how much you change images or the (laughs) photos that you use, you're done. And I felt really maxed out creatively with that. So I'm like, all there is to it is to do what's next. And I know I didn't want to separate uh, that idea of wellness and mental health and incorporate, I wanted to incorporate all of that. But I also thought that it was really important to not, to not make it just about women. I think there's mm-hmm. so many magazines out there that focus on women. Um, and I feel like healing is something that should be done collectively. It should be done mm-hmm. amongst both men and women, and we should be able to discuss and talk about healing amongst each other, whether we're, it's friendship, partnerships, um, romantic relationships, healing should be a collective discussion and something that we're inspiring each other to do. And I thought, what greater way to do that than to create a magazine that caters to both men and women and inspires us to spark that conversation of how we're taking care of ourselves uh spiritually, mentally, um, our diet, all of that. All of that is important, and that's where the core comes in. I've been seeing the response. You've been getting such a great response from it. So I think you hit, like, what we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I, and I'm very appreciative of the responses. Um, it's It's been amazing. And I feel like they so much more to go. There's going to be so much more to to tackle, but mm-hmm. I I just I want to to do it right. I want to want it to be intentional. Like I'm not in a rush for it to be a a, a household a magazine that's read in every household. I'm not in a rush for that. I feel like that has to be earned. And it was the same thing with my blog. I was cool with just coasting until. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was right, when the timing was right, then people begin to to seek out my work and discover who I am. And it will be the same thing with the magazine. So I'm just, I'm appreciative of those who support and spread the word and share it because that's super important. Um, But I know that getting it to where I want to be is going to take time, so I'm treasuring um these moments right now and it also helps me to not like go crazy because then I'm not pressured <laughs> to do so much at once like I'm coasting right now 
And I know you're working on uh, the next issue. You're working on issue two. But besides that, what's next for you and for the core magazine? It's so hard. I I feel like when people ask me this question, I just suck (laughs) (laughs) because I am so grateful for where I am right now. Like, I stopped looking ahead a really long time ago. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. never in a rush. Like, you know, when when it comes to love, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to career, I'm never looking ahead like, boom, I need to be married by this day. I need to have 50 um, people who have subscriptions by this day. Like, I never plan anything at this point. And then shit just starts, I mean, things just start to flow and happen and flow naturally, you know. It is, I'm not, I don't force it. So for me to just say, you know, what's next, I don't know. I'm just working and I'm being grateful for what I have in this present moment and enjoying the the work that I'm creating. And whatever comes of that, only God knows. I'm just You're respecting the, the process. Yeah. Yes, I'm just, I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> so let everyone know how they can find you and how they can download and even buy the issue of Core Magazine. So the first issue is available. You can go to thecoremags.com, and that's the core, C-O-R-E-M-A-G.com. And um, everything is available online. If you click on the homepage, there is actually a button that you can click on and navigate, and that will take you uh, directly to uh, how you can buy a print copy, you can buy a digital copy, you can purchase a six-month subscription to the digital copy, so you don't even have to worry about um, downloading every issue or purchasing every issue once it's available. You can follow us on Instagram at the core underscore mag. We're also it's the same handle on Twitter, the core underscore mag. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm pretty boring, but you can follow. No, you're me. not. <laughs> you're not. My uh, Twitter handle is AJ Scribes, so you can follow me on Twitter. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Hopefully we get a couple people new that follow us and, and keep up with the magazine. There's something that I like to do. I like to ask all my guests four rapid-fire questions. So the first thing that comes to mind will be uh, your answer. Because uh, I know that you love fashion just as much as, as I do, I see you still giving looks and all of that on Twitter. Um, so I want to know, what does fashion mean to you? My identity. Fashion is my identity. It, it's it's who I am. It's like, it's everything I love all wrapped into one. It's how I express myself. Um, it's how I support the people and the brands that I love. It's It's a part of me. Fashion is life. Fashion is, yes, it is. Fashion is life. (laughs) (laughs) What do you believe is the difference between fashion and style? I feel like style, you're born with it. It runs Mm -hmm. in your veins. Like, Mm -hmm. style is like a part of you. When it comes to style, you can take any pieces in and put it together and it looks like you just walked off a runway. And Mm -hmm. I feel like fashion is just like, it's a trend. It's, It's trendy. But with style, it's like 
you you're not living based off of a trend. You're doing what's authentically you, what feels good to you, what looks good to you. That's how you're born with. How would you define spirituality and do you believe it has a connection between fashion and lifestyle? It's so hard to to define spirituality. But I feel like if I had to choose one word to define it or describe it, I would be it would be love. Um mm. loving yourself. Loving others, and I, I, it starts with self. Because once you love yes. yourself, then you, when you grow this greater appreciation, appreciation for yourself, then that appreciation for everything around you grows. Um, so yeah, to me, spirituality is is love, and of course, spirituality and fashion to me definitely um, are relatable. I think you should always. Once you start to grow and really get in tune with your spirituality, I, I think, you know, certain aspects of you change. Uh, what you're drawn to, how you dress, it, it shifts, it changes. Um, you you kind of choose colors that, that raise your vibration. Um, or if you're feeling a certain type of way or you're, you're in balance, you're going to wear colors that, that balance you out and, and help you feel a certain type of way. So definitely – it's all intertwined. Yes, it is. We're all intertwined in some way or another. Exactly. <laughs> Who is Amber Janae? Who? Who is she? She. She is. She is many things. I think it's so funny because I've never described myself this way. I never even thought about it until. <laughs> Being at work and you hear your coworkers introduce you to people, and they say, "This is Amber. This is the jack of all trades." <laughs> and <laughs> so now, I, when I, I, I people ask me like, "Who who are you? What do you do?" and I'm like, "I do many things. I don't define myself. I can't put myself in the box. But if I were to describe Amber Janae, she would be the jack of all trades, an ambitious woman, a woman that." believes that she can do anything that she puts her mind to, a woman that loves herself, loves God, loves the world, always looking to to give and create a space that fills her on a fulfills her um on a personal level and passionately, but also it creates a space that gives back and creates a platform for other people. I'm just I'm a um I'm I'm many things, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my greatest accomplishments I would I would have to say is my ability to be loved and to love. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I just everything is love with me, <laughs> and I, yeah, that's who I am, the jack of all trades. Yeah, and I mean, love is especially in today's time. It's what we all need. For more information on living in style, head to samcperry.com.